Welcome to episode 467 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. On this very special episode of FRL, where we're going to be recapping, breaking down the entire conference tournament. To my right is Stephen Kyle Brackey. He was with me at Big Tens mm-hmm. and coaching at a Little League tournament and sort of trying to watch the whole time. Probably somewhat tortured was Ben Asker, and I can't hear Ben, though. You can't hear me? Why well, didn't say anything? No, he's not coming through, guys. What? We were just talking like two. In their room, very uh, loosely, but I can't hear him, fellas. We were just talking two seconds ago. All right, keep going. All right, so I guess they're going to work on that. While they're working on that, a tradition unlike any other, Steve and Kyle, um, a lot lot to get into. Want to mention at the top of the show, uh, tomorrow we're going to have our special, the second annual, no, Ben. We're going to have our second annual NCAA bracket uh, release show. You guys ate that up uh, last year, or yeah, last year when we did it. So they're dropping those at five o'clock central, six Eastern. So we'll be breaking down the the brackets. Nomad's going to be on. He's our foremost seating expert. He's actually the the industry leader in NCA seating criteria. Yeah, he is. He he knows it better than anyone that is in media. Uh, so I'm excited. Check. He's already been chewing up and spitting out his yo, thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The seeds. I guess what what is Bracky? What is the most controversial discussed seating scenario right now? Uh, probably 133, and the fact that a lot of people um, are not very happy with where Chaz Tucker is in his in his uh, seating breakdown, and a lot of people were just like, "Hey, you're an idiot. You're on crack." And Nomad's like, "This is literally the formula they're going to use. This isn't my personal opinion." Yes, which I think is bears mentioning. Like Nothing. they need to. They need to know that, um, you know, he, he kind of has that thing. He, he knows, like, how they will do it. Now, what is interesting is the fact that they can argue when they're within a certain amount of points, right? And they could say, okay, well, yeah, for example, Chaz Tucker's the one, but this guy would be the two, and they're within enough points. They could bump him up to the to the number one spot. Yeah. So we'll see if that um, if that happens. Well, all will be revealed tomorrow. This is kind of like the Here most fun um, four five day stretch of, of wrestling in some ways because you get all the conference tournaments and then okay we get to come back and then talk about it, break it down, and then on Wednesday you have all the brackets, which is amazing. So mm-hmm. you have a week and a half of chewing up the brackets and seeing what's going to happen, who had good draws, who had bad draws, where the crazy seeds happen. So it's a really fun time to be a wrestling fan. Um, before we get into the conference breakdown, and uh, as we wait for Ben, hopefully, we were literally talking to him the entire time and heard him the entire show up till the show started, and now everything has changed. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, Jim Zaleski out at Oregon State. Yeah. I, I hate to say this sounds bad, but I shouldn't say I didn't see this coming because – Oregon State has been a, a real uh, underperforming or disappointing program the last few years. They did have Desi and Bresser, uh, Bresser kind of propping them up a little bit, but compared to what they were early Zaleski years, when they were legitimately one of the best, um, you know, they were a routinely top ten team in the in the country. And now um, I don't know what what's been going on there, but. Um, they've been struggling. Jim Zaleski's let go. And so the automatic question is, you know, 
who comes in and, and takes that job. Bracky, what were your thoughts when you found out uh, Zaleski was let go? Not terribly surprised, as you said, he hasn't had the best performance over the past few years out there. Um, you know, we were kind of – Mike Mal and, and uh, other people in the office were kind of speculating about who could possibly be on the hot seat or who could possibly um, be well, – you know, being replaced, and mm-hmm. he actually never came up. I don't know. We just didn't think about it, but that's not ever a good sign when no one's that's thinking the thing. about your program. It's tough because the what puts you on that list is, like, how much does the program care, right? Expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are the expectations there? And I think the expectations should be high at Oregon State, given that within the last 10 years they've had a super competitive program, and now they haven't. Um so I understand the decision and the short list of potential guys to take that job have been filtering in. And for me, the first person I thought of that would be a natural fit, I think, is Chris Pendleton. Yep. I think when you consider mm. what his reputation as a as a assistant coach, his um, West Coast connections as well. And the fact that this guy's been in the running for some from head coaching jobs, I think it's time for him to move on. I think he's ready to take on a program. I think it'd be great if he was able to um, to to get that job. So I think he would do a good job. Some other name, uh, another name I didn't think of until it was said to me, but I think Mike Gray, if if he was interested, I don't know if it's like the most perfect fit. He's a New Jersey guy, been in the Ivy Leagues for so long to go Pac-12. I feel like that's like. Not his natural check, fit, check, though. Check. I think he's an excellent coach, um, and I think at some point he will be a really good head coach. I just don't know if Oregon State is like the most yeah. logical next step for him. Yeah, and the Pendleton one makes a lot of sense too because uh, he's used to recruiting the area. Um, obviously, being on the West Coast, California is going to be a big uh, area for you to recruit. And he's obviously had a lot of success there. Having been at Arizona State and is familiar with the Oregons and Washingtons as well, so uh, I, I think he'd be a great fit there. Uh, of, of course, Brian Snyder is going to get mentioned with every job that comes open yeah, too. No I just way. don't see him. He has such a good gig at Nebraska. Why would he leave for Oregon State? And especially when the kind of unsaid yet said thing is like he's going to be the next guy at Nebraska, right? Why would you? miss that opportunity just so you can um, be the head coach of Oregon State. Obviously, no, Oregon State's a fine job, but if you can have the Nebraska gig, that's going to be absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. So, And I, I feel like Coach Snyder's had a lot of opportunities in the past, and I'm not even sure how much he's he's even applied. So I think I think he's pretty well locked in there. I, think, I agree. You know, it was the, the, the run that you would always get, you would say, back when Sean Bormet was assistant yeah. Bormet, Pritzloff, Brian Snyder, Jaggers, uh, Jaggers, Lou Roselli was yeah. a, was a common one that was thrown in there, and I feel like there's one other one. They're always just in the short list of every single one. I don't I don't feel like Pritzloff makes a lot of sense there either. To me, it's it's Pendleton. I don't if he's interested in the job, I think he's a no brainer hire yep. for them to make. I think he'll do an awesome job. The, the Pacific Northwest is kind of an interesting area for talent. Like they don't put out the the creme de la creme elite high school guys, but there is, there's good wrestling out in the Pacific Northwest. And plus with California right there, you would anticipate that some of those guys, there's not that many schools to wrestle in in California. You know, the better guys have left that area. Like 
someone on Facebook got, brought up Travis Whitlake. He's at Oklahoma State, and before that was committed to Penn State. So yeah, he was not no. not staying. You know, nothing. Right. So that when they get him, they gotta they'll have to keep him. I think. Um, think a young, hungry, current assistant would would do an awesome job there. Mm-hmm. And I also wonder. I was thinking back to the, why did this go? Why did this go this way for for Coach Zaleski? How much did um. The, the Roberts, the Kevin Roberts thing from a year or two ago when he got let go. He was a longtime assistant there. I wonder if that put something in their minds like, this maybe isn't working out. This isn't the – you may need to go in a different direction. Uh, so that's uh, that's interesting, interesting. But why don't we get um, get into Big Tens because that's Let's where we it. were. And it, it was awesome. Um, 125 is not a ton to talk about other than Pat McKee. I mean, Spencer Lee – mowed his way through as predicted pat mckee hello 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 makes me think he is not healthy at all um lost to meredith in round one so you say okay maybe brandon meredith's coming along but he did not win another match i don't believe throughout big tens and then he lost to heinzelman by pinfall heinzelman qualified how about that after all that and it just didn't look good for him he he figures out a way to um (laughs) to qualify when no one expected that. Um, yeah, he looked great. Uh, beat Cardani as well from Illinois, who he had a loss to earlier this season. So, yeah, looked great. And it, so 125, I mean, Spencer, he got a couple pins. He got a tech fall and then the 14-point win over Schroeder, just missing the technical fall there towards the end. So Spencer looking. And now the, the Hodge fray has cleared out even further. Uh, five number ones lost this weekend. Which is pretty astounding. I don't. I asked you before the show. I don't, I'm not sure the last time that's ever happened. I'm sure there's probably a, five a, number ones. Yeah, maybe some other conference weekends it would have had to have happened. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I I don't know. Um, I can't think of another example. But yeah, 125. But let's get to 133, which was the most anticipated, and it truly delivered. It's like sometimes you can hype something up and then. It finally happens, and you're like, oh, this wasn't as good as I had hoped it would be. And this was every bit as good as we'd hoped it would be. Seth Gross, Sebastian Rivera, part two, was probably probably the best match of the tournament. Maybe, maybe not. It was really good, though. Yeah. Come back from Rivera. And, you know, what's interesting, um, I'm sorry, I'm reading. Ben is typing in the doc. People on Twitter are saying they can hear me. Yeah, on Facebook they can hear him too. It is our, I, so I guess it is our headsets. But they, it was literally working before the show started, yeah. and now it's not. Um, I see. You know what? We could do something. I see Ben. He's he's doing sign language. Jaden Cox taught him sign language finally. Ben, if you raise your hand, I'll just stop talking, and you have to make a point, and the point has to be something that. You can't ask us any questions because we can't hear you. So if you want to talk, go ahead and say something right now. The turn, but how he, you know, if he wasn't going to turn, he just let him up, take him down again, let him up, take him down again, which, like, that's probably what he should have been doing the whole time. I think he listened to FRL last week, and he realized he is the best sprinter in college wrestling history. Wow, great I'm point. I'm done. Man. I couldn't you, <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. I was actually just thinking that. I'll, I'll show you. I have that written down, that exact 
uh, sequence of words. Well said. <laughs> he could have been ranting about like coronavirus. I don't know. But uh, you know, that's that's just the fun of this, I guess, or the misery, whatever you want to call it. Um, okay, so Rivera, what were your thoughts on on the when Gross gets those first two takedowns? I was thinking, I just had this like a Jack Mueller visions in my mind. I was like, oh, this is gonna be another. He's gonna get ridden a bunch, taken down. Gross has it this time. And it's gonna go go differently. No, it, it looked like it was gonna be all gross. Those first <laughs> that first takedown was so slick, and then um, scoring again, it just looked like he had made the adjustments that we hear we heard Coach Bono talk about, um, and they he talks about Seth being you know strategizing his matches and after getting a feel, being able to make adjustments, and that's what it looked like. Um, but Sebastian is the same way. And he said it multiple times in interviews we did with him afterwards. He's like, yeah, I give up the takedown, the first takedown a lot. He's like, I just start to figure things out and get the feel for it. And that's exactly what happened. Um, he started – he hadn't been able to get to his offense to that point yet in the match either. Um, so then he was able to get on his offense. And he finishes so patiently. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't panic or freak out or try to rush these finishes. He takes his time and um, against guys like Seth Gross and RBY – who are really good scramblers and do a good job of earning stalemates and tying you up. Um, he did a really nice job of finishing on both of them. Yeah. Um, I, I I was impressed with his riding, how he was able to get out. But one thing, at the end of that match, Gross was in deep. He almost had that double. I really thought, man, he's really going to take him down and, yep. and win this match. So my question is, I'll ask this to Ben, and uh, I won't know what he says until I get to hear the archive. Wait, Wait I, I heard, heard I heard his cup clink. You hear me? Yeah. yeah. You hear me? All hey. Right. Okay, hey, can I make my point about Spencer Lee? Make it. What What just happened? It's like what? magic. I don't know what you just happened. You can hear happened. me now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Make your point about anything. That's the my point, point about Spen- Spencer Lee was um, that – and 133 was awesome. But Spencer Lee – I think he listened to our show last week and he realized he's the best GD sprinter in the history of college wrestling. And when, when he wasn't getting the turns, he just went and took him down some more because yeah. he can. And that and that's what he should do. I mean, we've seen so many times, though, in the history of him, and, you know, he's tried to force these turns, and he's damn good, obviously. But sometimes he doesn't get them. You know, he'll get a stall call or two, but the guys, hey, I'll take a stall call over giving up four back points. So this time he says, Jack Medley, I'm just going to let you go and take you down. Derek Trier, I'm just going to let you go and take you down. And he realizes hey, you know what? I'm just a better wrestler than people everywhere. I don't have to turn them to tech them. I can take them down a whole bunch of times. And the other thing with that is he's so good at, one, taking guys down feet to back and, like, holding them there. Mm-hmm. Or he transitions well from takedown to turn. So it's just an additional – it's almost like a setup to his turn in many ways when he gets those takedowns. So, yeah, are you are you lobbying for Coach of the Year now for your, your work – with with Spencer Lee as a result. <laughs> hey, you know what else is catching? Insta death is catching on. I must have got tweeted twenty five times about insta death. I think it needs to happen. I think if, if there was match termination, <laughs> I think it should be three minutes. You get. I, I was thinking. What do you? Th- I was thinking three and a half, maybe. What do you think? Well, I'm just like you know what three minutes. I, I want it super attainable, right? Okay, but yeah. it's still ridiculous. Three minutes of ride time is kind of a ridiculous amount of time. Um, yeah, the the other thing is it would change behavior. If it was three minutes, if, that, if this was a rule, it would change behaviors. Like if you were get ridden for 220, you wouldn't choose bottom anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, so. I love it. It's taking off. It's taking off. We need to get 
We need to get the NCAA involved, and we need to get these, these rules makers involved. <laughs> okay, what were your thoughts on the on the Gross Rivera match? Um, or did you already talk uh, about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I feel like Seth lets off the gas sometimes, and I I don't know why. And he's like, to you guys' point, those first two takedowns were so nice. Um, and it just felt like he kind of went into shutdown mode, and then when he had to go get the takedown at the end, he almost got the takedown at the end. So it was like. Why, why weren't you in the attack mode the whole time? Um, and that's kind of where I feel like he's most effective. But we've seen in the Sanso match also, he kind of slows it down a lot and he starts struggling more when he slows it down. He, he's so effective when he's on his offense. I don't know why he doesn't just keep doing that. Well, it it makes me wonder how to see him slow down when he's a guy that traditionally has not slowed down, especially when you, know, you think of yeah. 2017 run uh, or 18. I... I I attribute it to he's not doesn't really trust his ability to go seven minutes really really hard that he's worried yeah. he's going to fade that he's worried about the injury that some something's in the back of his mind that's preventing it and in, in my opinion I don't know that's just yeah an observation for a guy to look that different that's that's my thought yeah and you know obviously yeah and this is the, not my you know observation but a lot of people comment but he doesn't really ride anyone anymore you know no. that he doesn't like. It's not even like he doesn't turn him, but he like he doesn't get more than I don't know 30, 40 seconds of ride time at a time, and the guy gets out, and that obviously makes his life so much more difficult. I mean, DeSanto getting away has gotten away from him routinely now. He got away. Yeah. I guess he got away twice in this match. He got away multiple times at at Midlands, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he didn't have to get away in the duel because he was up so big. So I think he got ridden out there uh, yeah. in the third, but he already had built such a lead; it, it was immaterial. So yeah, I mean, for the guy who was like the best, one of the best top wrestlers when he won a title, and now it's like, it's barely even. Uh, the the only weapon he has is he could get a minute of riding time, but he's getting ridden now in certain matches. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really mysterious. Um, let's go to the bottom semi. He only had yeah. he only had crazy matches. Only crazy. He almost loses to Joey Silva round one, yes. and he oh, yeah. has the crate earth in, in the quarters, and then he has the crazy one with Rivera. And then he goes down the backside, and Sammy Alvarez gives him everything that he has. And then he has another wild one with DeSanto that almost went to sudden victory in yeah. the last seconds. Yeah, he's not. He, he's not routinely out scrambling guys either. No, but he's still winning so many of his matches. It's really amazing. He's not like yeah. schooling guys. Guys are getting on his legs, and he's like not necessarily mm-hmm. like turning it into his points like we've seen in the past. Yet. Yeah, he's, he still remains as a, a major, major threat here at 133 pounds. C- CP made sure to text me as soon as the Joey Silva match was over. It was CP. It wasn't quite as close as you made it out to be because no. you said he was on, in on the winning takedown, but it was nine to seven, and he had ride time. So if he would have got the takedown, it would have still he still would have been losing. Yeah, maybe he would have eliminated the ride uh. time if he had finished. <laughs> um, it was a hard. Ben, did you text CP when Joey Silva he lost? He just texted me, LOL. <laughs> like, he didn't, he put no context or anything. Just like the moment Ridge Lovett went double unders and swept him to his back, he just hits me. Uh, it was not fun. Joey Silva, to your, I mean, we can be heard. He's pretty damn good. If you somehow put a whole season together, he might do something. Absolutely true. And you know what? That's That's the game he wound up having to play when. He's clearly a top thirty-three guy, but if you don't wrestle, yeah. if you are not able to wrestle, then you're and you wrestle in the Big Ten, things get really tough. And his losses were to Ridge Lovett, who's really good, and 
was it Alvarez or Piotrowski? Uh, I have to look at the bracket now. I can't remember now. Um, I, I don't think it was Alvarez. Yeah, maybe. It was... it, yeah, that bracket is just too hard, top to bottom. I mean, it's so good. Yeah, we we knew it was going to be a tough a tough uh, road for him to to figure out. I think it was Piotrowski beat him. Yeah, um, yeah. Piotrowski's really good. The the Piotrowski match against DeSanto, dude, he wrestled him tough, really yes. tough. Wait, I mean, what? Who wrestled who tough? Piotrowski wrestled DeSanto tough. Well, he kept the score close. What did he do? Did he even try to score? To... Did DeSanto get close? All DeSanto tried to do was push. Man, I. He just wanted to push. <laughs> he was trying. Listen, it's hard when the guy won't stay in bounds to score leg attack takedowns. I, I'll, I'll but say. But DeSanto only pushes. I mean, DeSanto does such a specific thing. You have to do a specific thing back. Well, I don't. I you don't. Know, okay. I, I mean, really, yeah, really, so go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if if your whole point is just not getting taken down, yeah, I guess you could say Travis Piotrowski wrestled him tough. But what? where were the attacks? Where's a... It's not like he threatened DeSanto really at any point. It was all DeSanto being forward. He was in on multiple shots and and couldn't finish. I, I think it's a mischaracterization. I think it's a, a oversimplification and something that people go to a lot with Iowa and Austin. That oh he just pushes. Um, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so what I'll say to that is, and I have not mischaracterized Iowa just pushing. They did have guys who. Did push for several years, but this year's team they, they wrestle pretty well. They don't just push. But for DeSanto, obviously, he wants to push you and you pressure back. He hits his jump or, or other stuff. Um, and Piotrowski was trying to get low to counteract the pressure. Now, Piotrowski doesn't have great offense. I, I didn't say that, but it was competitive. And when the match is that close, he could have got a takedown to, to win the match. Um, so I wasn't trying to say Travis Piotrowski is going to beat Austin Sando. All I said was he wrestled him tough. Yeah. It's not I fair. Guess, well, it's fair. I disagree, but it is fair. I don't think you're being. Un- <laughs> I don't think you're being unfair, but I think that is a reasonable opinion. I, I, I don't know. I was kind of locked in on that match, and I felt like I didn't understand some of some of the calls. I have, I just have major issues after this weekend. Uh, not, not anything new, but with how they're calling stalling and not calling stalling is really. Oh, I dri- agree. Driving me insane. I have two. Uh, I don't know if you have seen these. Um, the Griffin Perriot, Brayton Lee. Have you seen this one? I didn't see that one, though. Oh, my gosh. All right, we got it up here. Buckle up. Uh, right, we're Let's set pl- this scene real quick. So Griffin Perriot is leading 1-0 to zero, uh, with 55 seconds to go. Is that 55? Yeah. Okay. Um, with 55 seconds to go in the third period. And he has an underhook and is trying to just control Brayton Lee. And you'll, as you'll see, Lee will just – Go out of bounds. If we can go ahead and play it. For Lee. Underhook. Listen to Coach On the left side of Brayton Lee for Perriot. Lee trying to clear. Perriot just trying to walk him forward here with 45 seconds to go. He's going to get dinged for stalling there. Oh, my gosh. What? <laughs> oh, my God. One more that time. One more time. Listen for the Brayton Lee doesn't even know. Brayton Lee's confused. He looks down at his ankle bands like that just happened. Watch they both look at their ankle bands. Perriot just trying to walk him forward here with 45 seconds to go. He's gonna get dinged for stalling there. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Brayton Lee's kind of annoyed, and then he yeah, Brayton knows. 
Brayton's the man. He's awesome. All right, thanks, guys. And then, so that match goes on to sudden victory, which Brayton Lee wins. So that sends it to overtime, and he wins. So I just – so you have that one, which is insane. Yeah, okay. I got the one that was most offended me. Matt Klodzik, Jared Prince. Did you see that? Okay, well, I do. Kolodzik was involved, but not. I don't have Kolodzik Prince. So you don't think Kolodzik Prince? He got two points in seventeen seconds. It was seventeen seconds. He got two stall points. He, I th- I thought those were deserved. He keeps stalling. He, he literally was running away. How about this, Ben? Guys, guys, he, you tried the matchup with two points in seventeen. It wasn't that bad. Cue it up. Well, I don't <laughs> have it. I don't. I can't just like. Dang it. There's no cue it up button. Ben. Hang on, I'll get it. Uh. Well, I was like, holy crap, did that just happen? Like, right. I could not believe it. Which Here's, one are you mad about? You need to watch this. Hunter Richard, Matt Kolodzik. I was tipped off to this one. I didn't watch it live because I was at Big Tens. And yeah. I couldn't believe it that, that it happened this way. Now, there's only six seconds left. It's four to three. But if you read stalling rules, the edge stalling rules, right, play this and watch what Kolodzik does and explain to me, Ben, how he doesn't get hit for stalling here. Go ahead. Okay, you got it. Uh, it's about, almost about as bad as it gets. As bad as it gets. <laughs> as bad as it gets. They don't call they it. Will look, I mean, and yeah, especially if you're going to write in these edge stall rules, how can that be characterized as action? One more time. Uh, we'll, we'll watch it once more. Closet. Yeah, that... Uh, Oh, that's bad. You you have to wrestle. The, listen, in wrestling matches, you have to wrestle or there's penalties for it. The out-of-bounds cannot be safety. Wow. You cannot. The, yeah, I mean. You're incentivizing going out-of-bounds. It's not good. Yeah, when they say that, there's so many times this weekend that I saw. I mean, it's just not. You can't point out one. Uh, where the guy offers no resistance as he's backing straight out and he doesn't get called. And it's like, I thought, like. If we if we could have a video of what the stall edge stall rule is supposed to be for, like, this was it. This was yeah. the one right here. He's not even making any effort. He's going straight back, and yet they don't get stalled. They don't call for stalling. It's so weird. Yeah, and, and listen, man, I love Kolodzik, but he his late-match tactics are going to bite him at Minneapolis if he doesn't. With Jared Prince, if he just stays and wrestles, that match doesn't go to overtime. But he, You really think it was that bad? Kyle, can we get that up and watch I'm, that again? I'm working I think on I, it. I'm working he'll on probably it. have it in a couple minutes here. But, um, I... Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, to the point that the Princeton coaches were in his grill afterwards for how he wrestled at the end. And then it goes to overtime. He double eggs him in one second and finishes. Uh, this guy is going to give uh, Coach, Coach Ayers a heart attack. So <laughs> I, but the, the bottom line is these are good officials, right? These aren't idiots. They know the rules, right? These are yeah. They're, getting, they're yeah. getting big conference assignments, Big Ten conference. You're getting EIWAs. You're calling the finals. You had to, so you're you're about as proven as a, a official as we're, we're going to have, right? But the rules are written so yeah. poorly. The judgment in writing these rules is so bad, and it was recognized immediately. We've been talking about this for five years yep. now, and they still – they just can't give up on the dream that this overly complicated stall system is going to work if they just had a step-out rule. That's my thing. I think that changes yeah. everything. Um, I think that makes the official's job a lot easier, and I think it makes more action. I think the the action becomes incredible. Yeah. And when Matt Kalaza can't back straight out of bounds without penalty, and he has to stay in golf, we're going to get more action, okay, on the edge yeah. or otherwise. So I think it only helps the sport. I think it only helps the officials. How every college coach isn't 
clamoring for this is beyond me. How some college coaches can actually defend this rule set and then, like, when a bad call is made, they just refer to the rule and not understand five years later they don't get the rule because you wrote it so in such <laughs> a complicated manner. The fact that they just can't make a concession, it's a very wrestling thing, very stubborn people, but it's time you abandon this thing and move on to something that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I never thought I'd be in favor of a push-out rule, but I found myself thinking that several times this weekend. And I think I agree with you. This, the rules are just too uh, – they're too terrible. You, you need that push-out rule. And, and you know what? The other thing is you would – and people clam for this, but you would get kids who are a lot better at edge wrestling. If you watch international wrestling, the year they instituted the edge rule and then watch it now on the edge, people have made gi- huge, gigantic advancements in how they wrestle um, – wrestle on the edge how good they are and how skilled they are and a lot of people are really 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 hard to push out of bounds it, yeah th- those are some of the most exciting scenarios in international wrestling yeah. i feel like the edge is made uh it created a lot of additional action because people aren't giving up the step outs and you're right you think of someone like dake or yanni the things they can do on the edge and then internationally it's yeah. even crazier what yeah that's what i'm talking the about russians can do oh my gosh they're they're um, out of this world good can I tell you the stalling one that makes me the most mad that doesn't get called? Get it. R- Roman Bravo Young has got this gimmick where he he hooks the ankle with his uh-huh. foot and he connects his head and he puts his hands on the ground and because his hands are on the leg, they won't call for stalling. But it's like, he's literally not trying to do anything. This is literally what stalling is. Stalling is a failure to progress the action. And that's exactly what he's trying to do. But because his hands aren't actually on the leg, they're on the ground, they won't call it. It is like infuriating. Because they want every stall call legislated and written out what it exactly should look like. And so Uh, they want it to involve a count or involve something black and white. And then when blatant inaction is happening, it it rarely even occurs to them that they should call it, right? Uh, Yeah, that is disappointing. I thought – Did you see see that move that he does? You know what I'm talking about? I saw him do it to Seth Gross. He did it to Seth Gross and he's done it to a bunch of people. He did it. Uh, Sam, the Sammy Alvarez match he did it for a while. Yeah. Yes, and I was like, dude, if I was repping him, I'd be like, try, try that against me once. So the second <laughs> you do that, yeah, I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> Don't be cute. That's rule number one. Don't be cute. It's like just uh, trying to be a little cute with it. Uh, yeah. Okay, so all of this was to try to get to the oh, Bracky's got, got it. All right, here we go. Let's watch this. Let's watch this Kalazic stalling. Good Prince. Okay, backwards. Stalling warning on Klazik. Right, One point friends of four to three. Eight, 18 now. seconds. Let's leave the four to three. 17 seconds. I don't care. Definitely not time to go. One more stall. It'll be interesting to see Klazik's game plan. 15 seconds to go in regulation. Final 10. Final 10 seconds here. Klazik, four to three lead. Prince trying to push him. Another yeah. shot attempt. No, he pushes back in bounds. And then he circled evading action. Like, I. Ding him. Okay, so I get that he was stalling, but two points in 17 seconds, that's a takedown's worth. Yeah. I it's yeah. not like it's not even like Prince even shot on him. It was just he just pulled well, literally pushed. To be fair, how would Which he shoot? A, as they're you know, when the guy's going back. Yeah, it's hard to shoot when a guy's running backwards from you. You could you could snap and then go, right? Oh, right, here mean, we go. He, he's Olympic. Just, okay, he's the Olympic on, guy's got all the wrestling in. answers. You stop, pop, bang, go, you know, boom. Something uh, like honestly, that. Honestly, no, yeah, we have now, right. now, you guys talked me into this, Christian, that I I kind of feel like I'm wrong now. 
I was pretty upset about it last night, and you guys talked me into it. Now, now I feel like, damn, you kind of deserve two points. And you, it's just like, I'm in principle. I, I feel like, all right, if you give up a a, a stall a stall call there, it's got to be pretty blatant to hit him again. But to me, that's blatant, right? I think if that was Ben Askren chasing around Eric Ludke again, I think I think you would have. I think you'd be holding up the stall fist at the end of it, right? Um, they didn't give me two points the whole match, let alone 17 seconds. <laughs> I know. Did he even try to win? That's what that's what Ben wanted to know. Uh, I hope he did. So yeah, cool. I think I think that's stalling, man. I and really, we're all over the place. We didn't even get to the bottom 133. Well, I was about semi, to say. I was about to transition it beautifully. Transition. Do you wrestling. want to talk about the match that had no stall calls in it? That should have. Oh my gosh. Austin DeSanto what? versus Roman Bravo Young. Unbelievable. Ooh. It Chris was getting in trouble on this one. Fed's one shot, hate him. One, one shot <laughs> in the first else, 30 yeah. seconds of the match. One shot, beautiful double, and he said, I'm good. And I I don't know how there's no warning in that match and at, any, at any point. You can't say DeSanto not even a was warning, just pushing. Right? Not even a warning. No, not, a not even a warning. Yeah. DeSanto got in six or seven times on legit yeah. shot attempt in deep. Where they were scrambling. They went out of bounds. He was in on multiple attacks for, you know, Roman got that takedown early, right? And beyond that, I don't think he really looked to score other than his escape. And if Roman gets hit, that changes the match completely. Because then Roman, it would have been a Mm -hmm. great thing because then Roman would have done the thing I think he should have done to begin with, which is wrestle the entire time. Because I think Roman, Mm -hmm. skill for skill, can beat. Austin DeSanto, but I think he's tr- he's trying to he's gaming things a little bit. He's gaming with his top. Uh, he didn't do that against Austin, but then he's j- not wrestling for. for he was evading, straight. and and he was evading Sammy Alvarez also in that third period to the point where I'm like, how is he not getting called for stalling? This is weird. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe he didn't get warned in the DeSanto match. I think a point probably would have been warranted. Like, would anyone really have been upset if DeSanto got a point for RBY stalling? Because oh. I feel like he was. No, I don't think yeah. anyone would have been upset. But I, I think more than anything, if he gets a warning, I think that just changes everything. Because I don't think he would have continued that strategy. But if you are yeah. given for four minutes, you're able to just evade and defend and play defense, and you're really good like Roman is, you're going to be hard to score on, right? Yeah. If the, uh, so yeah. that's where the refs have to intervene to an extent. And then the crazy thing, they they kind of they really disrupted the flow in like the last 30 seconds when they take a look at a for an illegal headlock, oh my gosh, that, that was weird. This. None that of them even. Weird. So, if there was an illegal headlock, then you just call it, right? But they're in the corner. They're in the Penn State corner, and they ask them to look at it. They, they they just walk over and they look at something. They're like, no, I don't see anything. It's like you don't see anything because if you didn't see it when it happened, how could you think to yeah. to to look at it? To, and Mark Pank, that was weird. These that was weird. Fanboys. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I, I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand that at well, I mean, all. You hear all weekend. Um, you heard coaches like I, I talked about it on one of the calls I was on. When the, when these refs like have to conference with each other, you should probably go look at it. Like if it's close enough, we're having to consult the assistant ref. Just go look at it. And sometimes they just refuse to. Yeah. And uh, the coaches will ask them to go look at it. And uh, they won't, but then they're like, hey, that was legal headlock. Boom, go look at it. Yeah, look at it. And, you know, P- Penn State is probably the – they're the best at challenges. They have the, the, the best They know track the record. rule book better than anybody. They know it better than anyone. And I, and I will <laughs> say, 
Penn State gets calls, but I, Iowa is given a very wide berth of what they're allowed to do as well. The, those there's, mm-hmm. there's definitely exceptions for the power programs, and Penn State gets them, and Iowa gets them uh, w- with the officials. So it's definitely even in that way. But I just thought in that that scenario, maybe that was re- weird. Maybe it's reputation with with Austin. Uh, that could be fair. Speaking of reputation, when they when Roman ran his feet and double legged him on the other mat, jumped in the air. Double- I, if that's Austin DeSanto, he's he's in he's in cuffs. So how he doesn't yeah. in the Piscataway <laughs> prison. So how about this? I got. Go ahead, Ben. You go, go first. You go ahead. No, uh, you go first. So <laughs> the, at at one fifty seven, Will Luan gets in on a really nice shot on Bo Pfeiffer. And just he kind of drops him down hard, and Pfeiffer lands hard, and he got the wind knocked out of him, so he rolls over and is like holding himself. The official stops it, and instead of just awarding two and starting injury time, he calls an illegal slam on Luan. So now Luan has to go chase Pfeiffer down, score a takedown, and send him to sudden victory, and then beat him in sudden victory. Or uh, Roman Bravo Young runs Austin DeSanto into the other mat, and then not only did he just finish the double, he left his feet and jumped yeah. into it like it was freestyle. And it's just like, oh, uh, we just, settle nothing. Down. Yeah. Settle down, boys. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that was, was the part that, yeah, and that was the, but the part that gave away was how he jumped. You're like, oh, okay, this man was trying to do something. I could not believe it was not a point. I thought for sure they're giving him a point right now. Nope, no point, nothing. I, I couldn't believe it. Yes, DeSanto definitely. He might have got kicked out of the match for that. Yeah. Oh, like I know you earn your yeah. reputation. Like that's it. on DeSanto. And he for... continued to earn it this week, by the way. He he lost the team a team point. Has lost their growth. I mean, he's <laughs> his he has not only built his reputation. He continues to maintain it almost every tournament he attends. So let it not be said yeah. that that he's some uh, example for sportsmanship because he's certainly not. But you can't just. If, I think if there's anyone else that does it, that's a that's a point. You gotta right? call it. It's debatable yeah. debatably a slam if it happens in the middle of the mat, based on this Will Luan clip, which I'm gonna try to get so you can see it, Ben. You can't leave your Or the Alex Facuno in- clip, which we never we never talked oh about. My but gosh. I, I, I don't like getting into it. People get too upset about like really simple things. So I'm glad we didn't talk about it last week. But yes, uh the RBY thing was I, I thought it was pretty bad. Surprised didn't get called. Yeah, so that was that was wild, and I think before we move on to the the final, which was also really good, and Roman got the first takedown there. My, my perception of one thirty three, yeah, I guess I will say that Sebastian Rivera should be like head and shoulders the favorite, but seeing how close uh, DeSanto wrestled Roman and Gross, and seeing Gross be right there to beat Sebastian. And knowing how great Roman Bravo Young is, I still feel I don't feel that much different than I did coming into Big Tens in terms of how I view this weight class. Where it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, Sebastian, sure he can win it, and he proved that he can beat all these guys. But I've seen Sebastian, you know, I, J- the Jack Mueller thing is in my mind, right? And then yeah. Seth Gross, that guy's just got that winning quality, and Austin DeSanto was right there on the winning takedown at the end, and Austin DeSanto, if if it's called a little bit differently and Roman has to engage, that match could end differently. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, Ben, what sh- how you now view 33 versus how you viewed it coming yeah. in. Can you guys tell me, I, I was clicking on and off when you guys couldn't hear me, about where Charles Tucker's going to get seated in this bracket? We have not really got into that yet. 
Oh, he I thought you guys were talking about it when I was clicking well, on we, Yeah. A little bit. Uh, Christian asked me which seating prediction uh, people were most upset about no- that Nomad had. And I said Tucker because I believe – let me make sure. I, th- I believe Nomad had him as the four um, based on the matrix. No, the, th- the three. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like he can't. I feel like he can't be five, right? He can't be behind all of these guys. Um, Christian, I would say I feel the same way as you that no, none of these guys is a lock against the other ones. Anyone can beat the other ones. Obviously, we're going to lean a little heavier um, towards Seabass because he had a great weekend. But if if you said Desanto beat Seabass, that's not shocking. If you said mm-hmm. Seth beat Seabass, that's not shocking. I mean, I, I feel like it could go any any of these guys' ways. Yeah. I, I agree with you. The um, other person that can really mess with seating is Mickey Phillippe. Yep. He's, he's 25 and 1, and he, his loss is to Sammy Alvarez. No man has him as a 5. Yeah, he's someone where, if wow. you're looking, who, who, potential, um, what you call him? Potential curveballs for DeSanto. Yeah. Tucker, Tucker and Phillippe, I think. Those are guys that can give him really tough matches. I mean, t- yeah, Tucker beat him when they were Drexel, and um, they would hit in the mm-hmm. quarters if these seeds hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that will be. Yeah, that's that will be interesting. That's a that's a really tough match for Austin. Charles Tucker is because he's so d- disciplined with his positioning. Uh, he's really tough. He's hard to open up. The Santos going to have a hard time opening Charles Tucker up, um, and th- that's going to be a really hard match for him to win. Yes, I, I agree completely. So we, we kind of used 33 similarly, which is kind of cool because it was our most anticipated weight, and it's fun that there's not, like, a, a set thing. And even when there is a set thing, you know, it's it's really hard to say how it'll go. I just sent the uh, yeah. Luan slam uh, via email to Kyle and them, so we may have that here momentarily. So 33, and then go to the final match, Sebastian Vera, Roman Bravo Young. I didn't get to watch this live. I had to go back and watch it uh, later or yesterday evening. Uh, ben, what were your thoughts on this final? Um, I you know I love the Seabass shows he could do it all. You know he he eventually kind of wins it or seals it uh, with that ride out in the third period, and it's like you never really saw that he was going to be that tough on top. Like if you would have told me Seabass is going to ride out the third period, I I would have said that's highly unlikely. But that, that's what he does to win. So that you know, and that's one of the things that makes. Um, great qualities wrestlers whether you went from a whole bunch of different positions. So I, I that was kind of – of this match, that was probably what impressed me the most. When Bracky watched him warm up, he was like – he just said, he's going to win. Like he just looked that. <laughs> I didn't get to watch it at all. I was d- down with Wisconsin. He's like, he's going to win. Uh, yeah, on Thursday, I, I watched him the whole workout. And then I was like, he's going to win. He looked awesome. And another, another – um, First of all, in the interview afterwards, he said he thought RBY was the best out of all those guys in the weight. Uh, really? Was, yeah. That's thought, an interesting take. Yeah. I, I thought that was really interesting. And then I noticed it in his workout on Thursday, um, but he he was talking about uh, how he wanted to put a bigger emphasis on top-bottom wrestling, and mm-hmm. he looked great on top this weekend. I pinned Travis Ford Melton pretty quickly with legs in and then and then getting that right out of RBY and almost turning him too. Uh, he did end up getting yeah. back points at the end, but that was off an RBY throw, but he almost tilted yeah. him up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things that hold on, one of the things that makes me, uh, and so I am, when I started FRL, I stopped, I, uh, I don't go up to Wisconsin nearly as often. 
Uh, I'm just too busy. But, you know, is it like, is Seth just focusing on the Olympic trials? Is that where his preparation, and is that why he's not doing so great on top? But then it's like, we got, uh, Seabass is also, you know, he's going to try to make uh, an Olympic team for, for, well, he's on the Puerto Rican Olympic team, he has to qualify the spot, and he's looking extra good on top, right? And, you know, he's putting extra emphasis on that. I talked to Seth about that, like, how do you, how do you do your focus, right, with, with that looming? And he basically said, I'm just focused on winning Big Tens and NCAs right now. And then when it comes mm-hmm. time, I'll switch my my training. But basically that he's not doing any freestyle okay. training was the, the gist that I got. So he's focused on the right things. I think he's just physically different than he was two years yeah. ago. That's why he can't ride. Um, it's a, so some one thing you mentioned, Ben – where there's that like timing can go and like, that's one of the first thing it goes. And when that goes, it's like hard to get yeah. it back. Can you lose your timing from the top position? I actually that- think that's one of the easiest, <laughs> that's one of the easiest positions to not lose your timing. Right. From because it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think top relies a lot on timing. I don't, but that's ma- why I maybe think it's his physical. De- I think he like is physically yeah. weaker or unable to do some of the things or apply the same top pressure he was able to. I don't think yeah. I don't think you suddenly can't hold guys down. I think there's something else going on. Yeah, I I feel, I feel the same way. Okay, totally. We have that clip, the Luan slam. Uh, ben, for for your uh, opinion here, so check this out. Oh, let's do it. Oh, he put he did put him down pretty hard, but it's college wrestling. Yeah, going not a slam. That's what. Uh... I was, that's what Sean Bournemouth kept screaming at the official. Yeah. What, this is called wrestling? wrestling? Yeah. yeah. It is called <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> Meanwhile, post-whistle, Roman Bravo Young can basically do exactly that. <laughs> Leave his feet. Yeah. After the whistle blows, on a different mat, all good. You tell me the Well, I, one of the things, can, can we play this again really quick? Because yeah. one of the things that, that makes me say this is not a slam is, um, watch as he picks up here. He doesn't, it's not like he like, and I can, like he like jumps or extends up. I don't know if you guys can see my body there. Yeah, I see. It's yeah. not like he like, tries to go extra up. He just goes up and then down. And so for me, was it? Yeah, that that landing was pretty hard. But that's part Bo Pfeiffer. You probably shouldn't let yourself land like that, or you're gonna get hurt a little bit, son. Well, it seemed like Bo was maybe gonna try to dive roll or do something underneath. Yeah. That, to counter, yeah. So, which could put you in. I know the rule is you are responsible to put your. Uh, if you pick someone up, you're responsible for returning them safely to the mat. That is something that, you know, they say. Yeah. Well, but- in college dressing, they should say you're responsible for you, you're responsible for defending yourself and not letting yourself get hurt. Yeah. Okay. Both fivers, shame on you. <laughs> hey, he, I do think he was, like, hurt. I think that hurt him. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That for no sure was like, that sucks to yeah. have happened to you. Um, yeah, no I, one's arguing that. Uh, but that that should be a point. And that – that made the match really interesting. A match that probably should not have been all that close. So that was sort of mm-hmm. a surprising thing. So I don't know. That uh that was an interesting little dynamic there. All right, so that's thirty three. We talked about that a lot. Anything uh, Wow, that was a fun that was a fun weight class. That was so awesome. It really was. And man, we mentioned him briefly, but Sammy Alvarez is he is going to be a – he's another potential – You don't want to draw that guy. I don't think DeSanto wants to see him either. I think he's a really tough matchup. Yeah. He's he's kind of a gangster. And I also think 
I feel like he's a. I always like the uh, sort of irrational confidence guys. I don't know if this makes any sense. Like, <laughs> Sa- Sammy, Sammy probably it's not irrational, but like Sammy probably thinks he's gonna win. Like he th- or thinks he's good enough to win NCAA's, right? And like I don't think anyone really probably believes that. But I feel like he's one of those guys that's like, yeah, I'm 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 gonna be good enough to do it. He DMs the Flow Wrestling Instagram all the time too. Like no, no, mom. he doesn't. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's he's all he's always <laughs> on the gram. Sliding in the DMs. He's, he's one of those kids oh. that, uh, like, our, our previews, like, they, like, feel him. Like, when he's, we, like, when Spay mm. or whatever who does a preview picks him, like, sixth or whatever, he's like, I love it. No love or something like that. Yeah. All <laughs> love, love to Sammy. I, I just think he's, I think his offense is coming along, which is what is uh, most exciting yes. to me. Because I think his scrambling, we know it's good. He's good on top. He almost cradled Seth Gross too. Mm-hmm. He was really, really close there. It was, it was. Well, that dicey. was. Let me check that bracket. I, I watched it. and I'm trying to remember how they exactly called that, but I thought Seth. Did they take his back points away? Because I thought he held him there for an extended period of time. They the ended up period. giving Seth two and two. I believe. No, they give two. Yeah, I thought, and, and that was the, the, the Rutgers crew protest that I thought it could have been two and four. He held him there for an extended period of time. But you know you count very fast, Ben. That's one thing about you. You're a fast. Are you count. sure? <laughs> no, I. Thought well, I, I mean, I, I know when the situation stopped. Like I've been in that cradle, and I've been on both sides of that, and I know, like, oh damn, he's on his back. Where most people are still thinking, oh well, well, he's got the cradle. It's like, no, he's stuck on his back. He's not going to go anywhere. And so it's like I was counting that situation pretty oh. early, and you know he. He doesn't get off his back until he lets go of the cradle and then and then kind of uses the leg the hammer that's between the legs to roll Seth over. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Uh, so yeah, maybe yeah. if the two had come earlier, yeah, then yeah. two and four. Uh, I can see that 100. percent So yeah, Alvarez is going to be he's going to be a scary one coming into NCAs. I really yeah. I like the like the cut of his jib. Real tough dude. The cut of his jib. Yeah. You know I never heard that? that one. What does that mean? It means like you like kind of his foundation. You like kind of what he's made of. You like okay. Uh, let me. You know what? I'm I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use that one. Uh, the cut of his jib. It sounds that's got a good saying. Yeah, one's general appearance, mean or manner. Um, yeah. I know what you're saying. I like your style. That was a good one. Thank you. Forty-one man. Pulitzer <laughs> Lee happened again. Uh, those two pretty much cruised to their to their finals, right? Uh, although. Chad Red kind of made it interesting against Nick Lee after getting majored in the duel, and he gave up the first takedown too. Chad kind of was coming. It was seven five, seven five at the end, and man, I thought Chad looked really, really good. And he's one of those guys. Talk about a bracket buster. I don't think he's going to have that bad of a seed. I think he'll have a good seed. He got third at Big Tens. He's had a pretty solid year, but he looks like he's rounding into form. His again, like with Alvarez, the question's been like, if he can get the legs, he's really, really good. But if you, he's just playing the counter, get a cradle, be tough on top game, it's harder for Chad. But he was getting the legs consistently this weekend. I, I think he's a real nightmare for for some guys, including Nick Lee. I don't know about Pletcher. Pletcher may be too tough of a matchup for him now, even though he's beaten him in his life multiple times. Uh, <laughs> but Chad, Chad looked good, but Lee. Lee proved he was, he was still uh, a step ahead. Yeah, I, I was uh, – Chad Red wrestled Nick Lee awesome. Obviously, he, he – he, unfortunately, because I'm a big Tristan Moran fan, he turned around the score there. You know, Tristan majored him this year, but Chad Red looked really good in that match also. And then uh, 
I think it was that was twice, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that was twice because on the backside also. So that was uh, you know, unfortunate reversal of that matchup for Tristan, but Chad Red had a great tournament, looked really good. Where is he gonna be seated come NCAs? Cause obviously Pletcher's gonna be Pletcher Lee's gonna be one two. Um, might be the you know, I th- yeah, I think if you're those guys, you're hoping he's on the opposite side. So the three or the four, right? Yeah, I, I think I think he's probably the three. What we've had that group, that whole Big Ten group as the top four, top six. Yeah, I think. really the top, top six. six. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting that no other conferences have have a guy that. Well, Don Demas lost Ian Parker. I mean, he's yeah, the he, other one that could be kind of steeded high. Oh my gosh, that guy's everyone's gonna be so mad if he gets up in their quarter or whatever as like <laughs> a nine or something stupid. That'll be that'll be a disaster for so, for someone potentially. Well, um, if it's Nick Lee, if, well, if he's the if it's seriously, eight, it could be Nick Lee, who he beat Nick pretty soundly as we went and rewatched that match last year. I think this is I still think it's a different Nick Lee. It shouldn't be if it's eight nine because it'll be would be the top, yeah. And Luke had a, a it was a sudden victory match at Michigan State that he won first weekend of the sudden, year, first weekend of the year, but uh, still happened. Yeah, yeah. So that could be a really interesting matchup wherever wherever he winds up. But then we have the final. Uh thoughts thoughts on the Lee Pletcher final. It was a fantastic match. Yeah. I don't know, you know what the conditions of those things it's kinda of hard to turn around. And you know, Lee kind of gassed Pletcher out. That wasn't long ago. That was we're talking three weeks. And Pletcher looked good and strong the whole match. I don't I don't know how he turned his cardio around, I don't know, maybe it was a weight-cutting thing where in the duel, you know, he's got an hour, a little over an hour in this tournament. He probably waited in the morning, wrestles in the afternoon. Uh, but I have a hard time believing it's a weight-cutting thing because he was 133 last year. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Luke Pletcher just looked like he had the gas tank for seven minutes this time and wrestled really, really hard the whole seven minutes. I think I think last time it was more like an emotional thing. I know Tom Ryan kind of talked about it. Like, you were just so excited for that match. Um, I think because yeah. he, he hadn't double. had any other problems throughout the year. He'd been gassing everybody else and scoring a bunch of points. Yeah. I think he just worked himself up so much for that match. Um, and he was much calmer this time. Because Nick, Nick Lee's going to get his, you know. It's for not, sure. It's not like someone you're just going to completely shut out. And he yep. just kept coming after Lee scored a couple takedowns. <laughs> He's What's so funny? <laughs> Oh, these these freaking uh, Facebook comments. Maybe he didn't get his nine point two five hours of sleep because of daylight savings time. <laughs> oh my! Nine point that is nine and a quarter hours of sleep. That's like the sweet spot. Uh-huh. Yeah, like gas tank we, Gary filled Pletcher up. Gas tank Gary filled Pletcher up. <laughs> that couldn't be what happened. It was a, a late takedown. I, you uh, know, I think the rubber match. I think it's fifty fifty at this point. Who who wins that one? Yeah, it's really tough. I'm. I'm sticking with Nick Leakes. He's been my pick all year long, and I don't think there's much to say, like, for sure Pletcher's going to win, but 100%. Now, looking at the uh, updated rankings, Real Woods only has, what, one loss, and that's to Luke Pletcher? Luke yeah. Pletcher, yeah. When we have him at nine, I feel like he's going to be way higher than the nine seed. Given, I think so. I, I think he has to. I, I kind of hope he is. I, I feel like he, the season he's had, you shouldn't hit the one in the quarters. And – doesn't we, have a lot of wins. Is the problem? That's, that is the problem, and partially his fault. Partially, 
not. I mean, if he beats Lou Pletcher, he'll be the one seed right now at mm-hmm. NCAA. So if he just yeah. wins that, if he wins that overtime match, he would be the one. But he he went to the scuffle and just it's not his fault. The scuffle was not what it was the year before. If he'd have won the scuffle the year before, it'd been crazy. You know, Nick Lee was there, but he wasn't there, and mm-hmm. they didn't do Vegas this year. Stanford. Which is always weird that yep. a West Coast team wouldn't go to Vegas, but they didn't go. So you're going to get a ton of NCAA qualifier wins if you go to Vegas any year, anyway. Yes. That's just the reality. It's the toughest in season tournament. So him not going there Oof. could hurt his seed, but he's wrestled all year long. He has he should have a number of qualified wins, and everyone else has some kind of weird losses. Like Moran has a blockus loss. Um, Dom Demas lost to Caleb Ray. So I. Honestly, I think Real should be ahead of Dom. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't do the rankings anymore. I, I feel like you have to move Real Woods up a little bit. I feel like this is one of those ones where if he's if he's higher, people are going to be pissed. If he's lower, people are going to be pissed. Like, there's no, there's going to be no happy medium with where you put him in this bracket. People are going to be upset that he either went too high or too low. Um, because when you look at it, you could probably move up as high as four or five, and you could argue as low as nine as he is on your rankings. The, yeah, the thing is, you have to beat good wrestlers to get ranked high. And yeah, like to to be a top five guy, you need some top five wins. You can't just be a, a yeah a win accumulator against the top ten to twenty five guys in the country. You need to prove your. Now, I think the thing, the reality is, and why people are nervous about this because everyone knows that Real Woods is. Almost definitely good. a top six guy. He's really good. He's not someone who just had a great schedule and is yep. skating through. He's going to be a guy that can win. And you say Chad Red, Real Woods. I don't know who wins that match. I think that's a crazy match, and that's the number three guy in the country. I think anyone yeah. short of Lee and Pletcher are right there for for Real Woods to to beat. But is it? I mean, the Pletcher match was highly contested. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was in on the winning takedown at Ohio State. And yeah. Pletcher had a beautiful uh, dive roll to, to counter that and get the takedown. That was an amazing – that was a really amazing yeah. finish. Yeah, so. that, that, was, that was an awesome match. So it's like if you told me Real Woods beat Luke Pletcher, that's that's not out of the realm of possibilities. No. It definitely is not. So, oof, yeah, he, he could be a bracket buster somewhere. I mean, if you put him at 8-9, now he's got – you know, he could potentially have – Damn, if you have Dom Demas and him at 8-9, that's a tough quarter for Luke Fletcher. crazy. What? Yeah. Wow. No, no question. No question about it. So, I'm excited. I'm hoping real. I, I don't know why. I just I just kind of want real to have a better seed than 9 or 8. I just I just think that would be fair. It may it may not be relative, uh, make sense with his wins, and if that yeah. hurts him, then that's the way it goes. But I just think as a wrestling fan that, that wants parity and, and – even distribution in the brackets, even though chaos is fun too, I hope he's mm-hmm. seated differently than he finished as he won uh, his bracket there at Pac-12s. Okay, any other 41 thoughts? I wonder if we should maybe, since it's 914 right now, I guess we have three shows, but here's the thing. Here's what's going to happen. Because <laughs> the brackets are coming um, out Wednesday evening, Ben. Yep. So you know Thursday yeah, is going to be all about seating. So basically we have day, today and tomorrow – to break down conference stuff, right? You so guys I, should just have rotations where, you know, we go till 945 and then three new guys come in at 945 and they go for an hour and then three new guys come, come in at 11 right. o'clock. <laughs> this week is crazy. Day long. And then that, 
And then next week, how many shows are we going to get? Because you guys are traveling NCAs early. I'm traveling on Wednesday. Oh my so I gosh. can't do Wednesday or Thursday. You know, Thursday's wrestling. We're flying I mean, Tuesday. Yeah, what are we going to do? What the hell are we going to do? Well, Wednesday, can you uh, can you do one Wednesday at, in Minneapolis? Yeah, uh, yeah, because the flight's short. I don't remember what it is. Yeah, the, I'm sure. Is it in the evening or the morning? Do you know? No, it's, I think I'm, I'm leaving at 11 a.m. Why don't we do the Monday? 12. Oh, okay. Do you want to do a Monday? I could do a Monday. Yeah, well, right. we could do a we could do a weekend. We could do a weekend FRL. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll see what we can figure out. Um, what? Well, let's not Dang. plan that much, but we would like people to know. So we're gonna do something Wednesday. We're gonna be at Buffalo Jacks, I believe is what it's called. Isn't it? Nope. That's not what it's called. Buffalo Gap? Buffalo Gap? What's it called? Cowboy Jacks. Cowboy Jacks. Sorry, I got my Buffalo Gap on the mind. I wish we were at <laughs> Buffalo Gap. That'd be better. I think Buffalo Gap should put in a bid for NCAAs. People are <laughs> people are so mad about the, the seating situation, Minneapolis. You know what? Overcompensate having a Buffalo Gap High School gym. So we are going to be at Cowboy Jacks? Yeah, Wednesday. What time? Ooh. T TDB. Okay. We'll, we'll figure that out with, with Ben. Probably in the afternoon. TBD. TDB, <laughs> yeah. To determine B. No, that's it's from the office. Um, oh, man. I'm out of the joke. Damn it all. It's okay. Uh, all right. So we'll figure that out. 149. Are we good to move on to 149? Yeah. I'm 141. I mean, all these weight cuts. 133 is awesome. 141 is awesome. Uh, that's just some good. Re- there's some good wrestling in the conferences. The NCA seating is like you don't know who's going to land where. It's going to be fascinating. I'm so excited. So Iowa got a new number one with Pat Lugo. He uh, takes out Sasso, and it's something you you referenced, Ben. It's it, one thing that concerned you is how easy guys get their underhooks on Sammy Sasso, and yeah. he got him. He just threw him by and got the got the takedown, the only takedown of the match, and. The, what what were your thoughts on the the final sequence there? The potential danger zone takedown for Sasso. I, I mean, I thought he had it. I, I thought Lugo was on his back for either four or five seconds. The, the hard part is the refs don't start counting right away, right? They um, don't count. They wait for. They don't count. They, I they don't, forget. He didn't Why? count once. They he forget. didn't count once. I don't. It I'm was thinking, definitely. Yeah. Would you guys agree? Four or five seconds. I so we watched it I watched it this morning and he he's on he's broken ninety at four. Now yes. here's the thing. The, if there's no count, the, I think they change it that they can't like go and review it and count because he doesn't you have to give the verbal cue that you're in danger, right? So Pat yeah. is listening because he has ears, he's like, All right, if they're not gonna count, I'm not gonna I can just hang here, right? Instead of turning down so i'm glad that they didn't review and then say okay that's two yeah but uh you know that they but if if they they start counting now it's yeah because they start counting his behavior changes right he's nervous he's got to do something and then maybe says because it's a takedown so the referee has to be on that count because he was definitely on his back for three seconds at least i've thought for a while as i've I see Sammy so often, like with his arm up like this, a guy in an underhook. Why he doesn't do the the Chris Perry, Andrew Howe, and pull that underhook yeah. to that, and then he then he does it, and he gets in really really deep. And I just wonder why he waited so long because he was in basically that position a lot of the match, but he didn't pull the trigger mm-hmm. on it until he really didn't have that much time left. Yeah, um, 
he he needs to get offense going. I don't know. You know, he doesn't have great offense. One of the issues we talked about with him. But, man, when he said, I got to go late in that Lugo match, he got in. He got in deep. It didn't take him that long. You know, he needs he needs to do that earlier in the match because that's, that's probably one of his biggest weaknesses. Obviously, saw he struggled to get on Yaya Thomas. That was a really crazy match, uh, which he almost lost. And so now when you look at the brackets, dude, yeah. He's gonna have a hard run. He's gonna have a hard run through. Sasso's gonna have a, a whole bunch of really close matches. I I have no idea who is going to win this weight. It it is. <laughs> I mean, when Kalazic came back, I was like, mm, I might be the best guy here. And then after EIWAs, I'm like, no, I don't think so. He, not unless something yeah. changes. You can't ta- you can't wrestle tactically like that and win an NCAA title. I don't think. Um, so that. I think Austin O'Connor for sure can. But that Lugo match was so crazy. I was like, I mean, not crazy. It was like he was kind of dominated, which I didn't expect. But on the other hand, reflip that, O'Connor had not really been wrestling that much either. So yeah. the O'Connor we get now could be a completely different thing. And then Sasso, he's beaten Lugo. He's beaten Brayton Lee. He's beaten good guys, but... The offense is not there. He's he's not able. He doesn't have a reliable go-to takedown. And then there's Lugo, who has been as steady and consistent as anyone this year. And I think yeah. he's he's the deserved number one. And I think he's probably is the the Vegas favorite. But he's, it's hard to say. Put your stamp and say, "Yep, Pat Lugo's taking this" because he's in a lot of close matches. Yes, that is that everyone at this weight class. I mean, yeah. Sasso's in a lot of close matches. Lugo's in a lot of close matches. Kalata couldn't not find a close match last weekend. If the match isn't close, he um, tries to make it close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- yeah, this weight class. Yell at me. I'm getting screamed at for this. <laughs> uh, I mean, very easily you could go down to number six, Boo, uh, saying that uh, you know you think they have the potential to win this weight class. Um, Brayton Lee kind of got dominated by Patrick Lugo, so I don't know if I'm, I I kind of feel like we should put him on the outside looking in for sure. He, he lost uh, to Purinton, and he almost yeah. lost to Perriott. So, yeah, yeah. I love Brayton Lee. Awesome dude. But he didn't have his best showing at, at Big Tens, and he needs to be trending up in the in the right direction. But you see guys have bad bad conference tournaments, and then they win the thing. It, it happens routinely, so yes. you can't assume that those trends will hold. So that was 49 for the most part. Uh, 57, really maybe the most, the only big shakeup for this weight at all at any tournament was Josh Humphreys taking out Quincy Monday at EIWAs. Oh. But really, other than that, I mean, Peyton Robb beating Caleb Young, I guess. I mean, would... I would say Caleb Young yeah. being Not a top 10 ranked wrestler going 0-2. Yeah, okay, so maybe that is bigger. Yeah, yeah that, that was – and, you know, Bracky's been kind of like on the something's up with Caleb Young for a couple weeks now, and something is up with Caleb Young. Like, he doesn't have any braces or anything, but his wrestling is just not as good as sharp. He couldn't finish on Barone. He got yeah. countered on that one takedown. And then I think we all knew the Peyton Rob match when we saw that was a quarter. We were like, this is not going to be easy. That was a really tough match at the duel, and Rob, uh, Rob took him out. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he just can't seem to get to his offense. And I know in the Rob match, I called that one a few times. He's he's shooting from so far away. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's not like lightning quick guy that no. you can just take those really far away shots and he's because he likes to go double to single. He's having a hard time finishing that. So things can change, but he's in terms of trends, they haven't been great for, for Caleb Young the last couple of weeks. Yeah, not great at all. I mean, especially when you consider how good he was last year. Think about he beat Ryan Deacon, what, three times last year? Twice. Twice. Okay, he beat him, beat him twice last year. You think about how good Deacon's looking. You're like, wow. It's, yeah, it's, he's not he's not looking so good. Uh, but Iowa's so good that it doesn't really freaking matter. Yes, that's possibly true. Likely true. Because <laughs> Likely. Uh, Deacon looked great. I mean, I think we were like next topicing this weight at, at Big Tens. Like, and he was yes. really unchallenged completely. Until, Coleman wa- did narrow the gap somewhat, but he had lost by like 14 last time. So it's hard, <laughs> to, it's hard yeah. to go the other way with it. Marinelli, Chenzo, they should wrestle every week. That should be state law. But, um, yeah, that's not the thing. But great final match. What were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, awesome. I, I agree. I, I love watching these guys wrestle. It's a lot of fun. Um, the throw was fantastic. I don't oh, know. He just threw it a little too hard or something and, and couldn't hold on, but he, he launched him. Um, and then, you know, the, then then Marinelli finishes the Barzigar, which I think that finish stinks, but Marinelli's so powerful. And now I can't tell my kids that finish stinks anymore. I do, too. He got it Every on, time I see Vincenzo. guys go for it, I'm like, that is not – he just can't but – Man, he sure enough fit it. Maybe it's timing, and sometimes yeah. he was off balance. Yeah, if you have a guy off balance, you can just take that far knee. But it's, I mean, so many times guys go for that, and then they end up in a shin wizard because they miss the uh, thing, mm-hmm. and then that's it. But he said after the match uh, that Tom told him to take it if it was there, and he's like, it wasn't really there, but I just went for it. <laughs> With the, the, the throw, or the... I think he was talking about the finish. No, the, the bar- finish. Yeah, yeah the bar- cigar. Yeah. That was uh, – it was impressive, man. It, re- it really was. And one thing that's so Ch- – Chinzo has a hard time getting to, to Marinelli's legs, and Chinzo can get to just about everyone. I think that's a big problem for him moving forward that since the the BJC duel years ago, he hasn't yep. really been able to get to his legs consistently. And Marinelli kind of has. So I've mm-hmm. been kind of picking Chinzo much of this year. But I'm I'm ready to flip it and say I, I think Marinelli's gonna win this way. I just think the matchup is Yeah. For whatever reason. Now, Marinelli I don't think he can go for it again on these throws anymore. I think he rolled the dice and Carver paid for it big time. And then here Almost. I don't wanna I don't wanna say he got lucky, but he kinda got lucky. He got thrown to his back and <laughs> there was so much so he, I, I'll say he got lucky he wasn't held on his back for something or, or didn't yeah. give up any points. He was thrown to his back and then was able to roll through. I think you just you just play it safe from that position and say, hey, I don't – he clearly doesn't need it. And this is something Coach Brands has kind of mentioned before. It's like you don't need it, so don't, don't go for it because it, it's literally – the winner of that exchange is going to win the match basically every time, right? Because yeah. they're, they're that close. So I just – I think he needs to not go for it anymore. Yeah, I couldn't believe how aggressive he was towards going for it. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but several times after he would shoot, he was still uh, – I'll get down here. He was still on a knee, and he would reach up for the body lock from his knee. I couldn't believe he he was trying to body lock the man from his knee, but he did it like three or four times. Yes. Yes, he did. 
It was uh, it was wild. It's very wild. And what also was wild is when Evan Wick just didn't wrestle. I did not. I don't know if you knew that was going to happen or not, Ben. But I did not. No, no comment. Although I should have been uh, clued clued in on this because I went and shot their practice, and they're doing a practice. They're playing a game, and um, I was like, huh? And then Wick's just on a bike, just kind of. I was like, that's kind of weird. He's like the only wrestler not doing the practice, and then he was just sitting on the wall. And I was like, Coach Bono, I was like, what? What's up with the wick? He's like, ah, oh, he's on weight. He's just, he doesn't have to do anything. So he's just not, he just kind of does his own thing on these days. I'm like, oh, okay. And I just accept that. The guys, you know, if you're on weight, you're not going to overexert or whatever. So I just thought that mm-hmm. was the deal. And then he steps on and forfeits out. So, but I was told 100% he will wrestle at NCAAs. Yeah. So that's a high percentage. Yeah. No, no comment. No comment from Benjamin. All right, fine. Fine. <laughs> Uh, so much for we bring you on as a Wisconsin insider, no inside intel. <laughs> we, we need two things from Ben. We're gonna get him on FRL. We're gonna get the J, we're gonna scoop the Jaden Cox news. We're gonna have all the Wisconsin intel. None of it, <laughs> none of it has happened. Fine, just text oh, us, man. Ben. Yeah, you can just text us. What you're it's not okay. a comment if you text us, <laughs> literally, technically. Well, Shane, I'm really bad at keeping secrets, but if people say do not say anything, I'm like, I'm like a steel trap. I believe that. I, I believe that. Uh, Shane Griffith is an interesting guy here. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that as we move forward. But Nomad did that seating too, if you would like it. Uh-oh. Well, he, I guess he gets he's three. Gonna, Where's he at three? I feel like he's probably the two. Nomad had him at three. Three. It doesn't matter. He's gonna have Chinzo in the semi. That'll be interesting. Uh, if you if you yeah. look at this weight class, you know what's really interesting is McFadden has really man the last couple weeks the Tech to Monday. Lost to Bullard, the loss to Wenzel at ACC Finals. He's not going to get a great seed. Yeah. And yeah. Where, well, the quarter he ends up at – now, it may just not happen for, for McFadden this year. He has not looked himself the last – he had a good Midlands. He beat Wick. And then he lost to yep. Marinelli. But that's someone who – could Marinelli have him in his quarter? That's There is a possibility of that because right now he sits at the nine. And Jake Wenzel and Pitt – man, Pitt's doing quite a job. Uh, Wenzel all the way up to eight. Yeah, I didn't see that coming with him at this point. And they finished second at ACC's too, just a few points behind uh, NC State. If Greg Harvey wins one seventy four, which he was seated to do, I think they win the whole tournament, which is yeah wild to think about. But congrats to NC State, and we'll talk about the Camacho Mueller thing, as that's uh, maybe the biggest result, biggest upset of the entire tournament. Uh, congrats to Camacho. Uh, that's sixty five. 74, we had the, a reversal with Hall taking out Kimmer. Those guys were relatively untested, I think, up to the finals. Did you have any thoughts outside the, of the, the lighting match was pretty. The lighting match was pretty competitive. That, oh, that's a good point. I mean, he, he got a takedown. Yeah. He got a takedown second period, and then, you know, he had the stall point early, which, you know, that, that was essentially, I don't want to say the deciding point, right, but he got warm for stalling twice in the first period. Mark Hall got a, a point off that. Lighty got the takedown, and then Mark Hall got the takedown in the second period, um, and Lighty wasn't able to get get in, you know, to a really deep position again later. But yeah, Lighty's good. He, he's really tough. Um, I don't know where he's going to get seated, but it's probably going to be what three, four, five, somewhere pretty high. Yeah, I see him as the four, We're, um, right where he's four seated. probably. We're right where he's ranked. Yeah. What was interesting about the Kimmer Hall final is that. 
I think it ended up being four points for Mark. Um, Bader, I thought this was what happened, and Bader did an interview with Kimmer afterwards. He thought the danger calls were on Mark. Well, Why would it be a mark? Well, hold on. They both were exposed. And that – I was no, wondering – No, that. no, Hold on. You can't be exposed through someone's body. That's a rule. Well, he was – If your body is yeah. flat on their body, you're not exposed. It, it Even wasn't like tilt, flat like, about like tilt, that though. He was like kind of on his legs. Flat. He was like no, kind of on his legs. Flat. And I could, I could see what he's thinking. It's almost like – like he wasn't as belly down as like Nolf gets with the Winn-Dixie. But it was yeah. similar to that position. Um, Bring it up. We but can. that's that's literally why he oh why he stayed there. Because um, as soon as well, as soon so here, here's that move, Kyle. That moves the move to use. Someone wraps your arm. You hear you you reach this arm on top of their arm, which might, and you go flat back, right? So essentially, your your back is right on top of their chest. Number one, you're not exposed, so for the danger works. But I try to pin them from there, so I'll try to try to finagle a pin. Then when they panic, you just turn towards the legs and you have an easy takedown. I mean, I don't know why more people don't use that move. That is, if someone locks her on your arm, that is a hundred percent the move to use. Yeah. Um, but the, that's why he just hung out there because um, he was just chilling there. But but there's also not a, there's not anywhere for him to go. So he could say he was chilling there if he wants to. But there's also nowhere to go. Well, I don't think he said he the was guy chilling top- there. But he did say because <laughs> as soon as he bellies out, he like looked up and saw the score. And he's like, yeah. He immediately like yeah. gets out of the situation. Yeah. But so yeah, he would have given up the takedown, but not the back points. I agree with you guys there. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe yes. he thought the thing is, you're you're right, Ben. Is that Mark's back is completely on his chest and waist area? At no point is his yeah. back. Um, he's broke ninety degrees, but he wasn't exposed through the body, so he'll yeah. have to evolve from that. But still, r- regardless of that exchange, Mark got the first takedown. And Kimmer mm-hmm. was, um, I guess Kimmer did get a takedown late, right? He should have had another one at the buzzer. I th- you thought? Oh, I do. Yeah, I do think it was two. Um, but anyways, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, but at, pff, it gives me just, like, I don't feel confident about picking Mark Hall to win. Like, I know he went out and got the first takedown, and that's probably what Kimmer needs to avoid next time because then Mark was kind of in control. Um, but... I absolutely think Kimmer can beat him again. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a coin flip one. But the the an interesting Kimmer result was his semi against Skaska. I don't know if you guys watched that. that was, it was so weird. It looked first of all at the beginning it was like he was drilling on him, just like taking him yeah. down at will. Like it was ridiculous. I was like Skaska is good. I have I have a very high opinion of him. He just like take down, take down, getting some turns in there. I'm like this is going to be a tech or a pin. And then all of a sudden it was a decision. He was only up by six late, and then he gets a six-point move right at the end, a six-point reversal yeah. to kick it back into the major territory. And, he was gassed. And that, that was because Skatsko was trying to force something really hard. Yes. It, it was, was right, right you know, yeah, last 10 seconds or so. Cor- correct. But yeah. I was surprised to see how tired he got. And I don't know if he, yeah, just, yeah, no. he worked so hard in the beginning, he had nothing left, but it's something to note moving forward. Yeah, I I would I agree with you on that. So you know I, I you know Skatska really if he just rides it out, it's probably a sixteen to nine win for Kemmer. But yeah, Kemmer was killing him and just ran out of gas, ran out of steam, and Skatska rode him really. You know, got a reversal takedown, rode him really hard. Um, I mean, I don't think he can challenge him or anything. I think it's obviously going to be Mark Hall 
Michael Kemmerer in the finals. Hey, um, we're gonna do something when the brackets come out. One seventy four. We're gonna we're gonna slide the seeds. We're gonna throw Ben Askren in at the one, and you're gonna give us a match. I can't by make ma- that. I can't make that weight. Well, you know how to do it. It's <laughs> virtual. You you are you're right on weight. You're two over right now, and you're just gonna give us the match by match result. How you think it? How you think you would do at this weight class? Um, against uh, the particular opponents. That'll be fun. Can I? Can we talk about something I tweeted about though? Yeah. It does not look, unless, look like unless it's wants. unless it's Bitcoin. It, <laughs> Bitcoin. And, well, the whole market's having a rough go. That this uh, coronavirus. I I am legitimately nervous that they might do something with the NCAs. I know we need to like speed the days up. I always speed it up, speed it up, and get there so we're there already. And the Olympic trials for that matter. Coronavirus is a coward. Yeah, dude. Pe- people are people are flipping out. I know. I don't. It's. The, I welcome it. People are overreacting, in my opinion. <laughs> oh and I man! Think there's political um, motivation behind that too. That that's that's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not gonna get into that. This is yeah, not a political. Let's not show. do that. So, we won't do that. Yeah, but... let's not do. Let, let's not do that. You guys live in Austin. You guys might. Not, you might not make it home. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay. Make it out of the building. <laughs> so, Mark Hall doesn't look like he wants to be there. Whether he's winning oh. or losing, you tweeted that he he did. Yeah, he's he's checked out, bro. I uh, he just it's like it's just like man. I, I know he's kind of always been workmanlike, but he's had some, he, you know, not he's had a decent amount of celebrations, or it looks like there's at least something where he's excited, he's into it. Now it just looks like, dude, he's really, really good at wrestling, but it does not look like he wants to be there. And I saw someone, someone was telling me, I, I didn't see the post that he was talking about coaching already. Um, like, he's just ready to be done. I think it it was one of the local PA papers, but yeah, that everyone was tagging us in that because that was shortly after Nomad had said that he would be a great high school coach. Yeah, he <laughs> Nomad's like he's like all right, he needs to not wrestle freestyle. He's just started as a high school coach at blah, blah, blah. I'm like, he's probably gonna want to coach in college. But yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know, I don't like, I don't want to play that game. But I, you can, you can say that there's a different energy about him. Whereas you think about the. When he beat Bo Jordan at Rec Hall, like how it fired up was yeah. that was like literally the biggest duel that has ever happened in wrestling history, and he won a huge <laughs> match against a guy that had beaten him before. Um, it was an NCAA Finals rematch, but um, yeah, there is a, there is a different energy about it. But something we've been talking about with Mark is just this guy has been at it so mm-hmm. intensely for so long, six state titles in the Kentucky year, and then. Penn State and all, all the international all stuff. the international stuff. It's like, man, there's not been a lot of respite for for Mark in the wrestling department. He's made the last two years. I think are he hasn't even tried to make world teams, right? Or I guess he did the no. senior. He did this year. Uh, tried to make the senior right, world yeah. team because he lost to Zahid. But the year before that was like the first year he hadn't gone for it. So basically, every off season he's tried to make world teams and mostly has, and he's had great success. So I think there could be just it's just a, maybe a difficult energy to maintain okay yeah uh so that's that we gotta we gotta hustle it's 938 um so we gotta keep going 84 yeah. aaron brooks did the thing abasad uh still cannot finish on cam caffey cam caffey and abasad are still in splits in a single leg right now as we speak cam caffey, cam is, caffey. He is he's fun to, yeah he's fun to watch uh and he has kind of a variety of scrambles that he uses, which I think makes it a lot more fun to watch when you don't really know exactly where he's going to go. 
No, you don't. And he Brooks had to work for his finishes as well. Mm-hmm. They did not come easy. Yeah. But the true freshman figures it out. And I don't know who's going to win this weight. I kind of think it's him or Lujan, but not really. I, I don't know. I think, I think Brooks is probably my favorite because I think he's the best overall talent. But I think matchups are going to matter. I think he is just a true freshman. And if he can – he'll have to have it for three straight days. I, He's not so amazing on top that I think he's going to have to win straight takedown battles. And that's just – that can be a hard thing to do even yeah. if you're the best at it. I think Boland's in the mix. I think Hydley's in the mix. I think uh, Lujan, obviously, Did, he's the he's our number one right now. Have you guys watched the ACC matches yet? Because I, I have not. I'm annoyed that I have to click through the whole – uh, segment of the session. Have you guys watched those two? I watched the second half of the finals. So you watch highly okay. bowling? Yeah. Thoughts? Not much happened. I think they they can't score <laughs> on each other. Well, I think they. But gave then also the a stall call the, on highly. Was it bad? Okay. I can't remember. I gotta go back and watch <laughs> the match. Too much wrestling. We didn't, we didn't report back on that tomorrow. But yeah, then the, the Bonacorsi highly was. Uh, Tiebreakers, tiebreaker, tiebreakers. Yeah, no, I tie think it was tiebreakers. So those guys, those guys, all, all three of those guys, I feel like are in the mix too. I mean, I feel like there's a whole bunch of guys, uh, probably all the way down to six. Aaron Brooks, you know, I think maybe you even count Cam Caffey in that mix of guys who could potentially win a, win a title. Yeah, eighty four and, and one forty nine are are similar in this way. It's like, yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of guys that could do it, and you can trust a true freshman and and. You know, Mark Hall won as a true freshman at 74, but it's just – you see the other way too. But um, yeah, might be my pick. I don't know. He's got a lot of savvy. And, you know, him avenging the Vins losses I think is, is pretty big as well. Um, okay, 97, Colin Moore looks really good. I think the biggest story here was Sh- Shakur Rashid showing improvement. He beat Jacob Warner and then um, – Lost what was the injury default? What was the injury default about in the second Warner match? Um, I don't, I don't know exactly. I mean, I was calling that match. Someone asked an FRL question was if you were going to sit call him out for quitting like you did DeSanto. Uh, well, I, I thought Kale called Kale threw in the towel on him. I didn't. That was really, really weird, wasn't it? That's what happened. I didn't think it was weird. Well, the pragmatic side of me is like. He's not going to win the match. He doesn't have it. He can't get out on bottom. He's clearly injured. They're, they've used all the tape in the world around both his legs. I don't know why they wrestled the match. Are you really? Yeah, it hurt him. You think well, maybe if he wins hurt his again, body he or hurt he... his both? It could have hurt his body more, and then now it's going to hurt his seating. Yeah, maybe. I don't know how do they, how do well, they they're going to they get, Warner yeah, gets the I, most recent win. Yeah, and he has two wins over him now. Yep. So he'll get seated. They should have just not wrestled. They should have. Well, I don't think they would have seated him above. Would they have seated him above Warner if without? Well, he might not have been above him, but it would have helped his cause. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um. So no, he's not going to be seated. He's not going to be seated very high. No, but he qualified, which was the main thing, and his his arc is trending the right way. He showed he can beat Jacob Warner. He was in the match with. Eric Schultz, and look at this weight. We say it in the last three or four years. Look at this weight and and tell me where, other than Colin Moore, where you're like, no way that's happening. No Adams. You're saying, yeah, you say that. Go. You say that, but this guy goat. is in some close matches. I mean, we, hey, our, we got to say it. Our, our our son had a great EIWA's bet. Yep. He, he looked, did. 
He looked good. He's rounding into form. He, you know what? He, he'll get the titles when when it matters. You know, he's he's trending the right just way. Like he did last time. Just he got. Now that wasn't fair. <laughs> Jared Hot was was uh, unnecessarily strong two years ago, but now he's a different guy. But you know, Jilo is four. Eric Schultz is five. I what think happened to Patrick Brewery? He kind of got his butt kicked by uh, Drew Phipps, and I've heard Drew Phipps before, but I couldn't tell you much about him before last weekend. Yeah, that that was that was surprising. He was wearing a yeah. brace on his knee. I wonder if he got hurt in the Pagano match. If that, yeah, if that injury is just kind of lingering and he's just not the same. Yeah, maybe his sure. biceps aren't strong enough. Who's to say? <laughs> but the last four weeks, he's lost to Darmstadt, Pagano, and Phipps. So. Brucky yeah. not trending the the right direction there for sure. So that'll be, you know, keep keep an eye out for that. But yeah, Shakur, who knows where he's going to get seated? He could be a, a a potential landmine. I don't I don't see him deep down. I don't see him being healthy enough to get in the top eight and throw a tournament together. But I think any particular guy, he presents a a pretty tough matchup. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. Except for Colin Moore. Colin Moore's. Um, as big a favorite as we maybe have. And then as we go to 285, we got the match, Gable versus Paris, and kind of kind of went how I thought it would, maybe how we all thought it would, with Gable being a pretty dominant winner. Did you guys think it was a fantastic match, though? Oh, yeah. It was exciting. They were, it was they awesome. were scrapping hard. I think there were some really fun exchanges. I mean, Mason got in on that single leg. I think deeper than... Gable even expected to. I think I think Gable viewed that sweep single as like a big reattack opportunity, and that I don't know if it was the first or second time, but he got all the way behind on the sweep to where Gable had to do go spin around. I don't think he expected to be in that position. Now Mason didn't finish, but honestly, I left more encouraged that Mason has a shot at this. I don't yeah. think I wouldn't pick it, but. Compared to how I viewed it coming in, to how I, the match transpired, I give him more of a chance than I did previously. And that may sound crazy because he didn't get a takedown, and Gable had what four? Three, yeah. Well, he got takedown. He got takedown at the end, but he it got was, take it was down kind of conceded. Was, two seconds, yeah. Right. What? Uh, no, it was longer than that because he cut him. Ten. Sorry. Because then okay. he cut him. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So but he was he was in deep a couple times before that, just wasn't able to finish. Where you know I didn't think, and I, this is what you're saying too, Christian. I didn't think he was going to get in that deep on Gable. No, nor I, nor I. So he's got a yeah. good little timing. He's got a good sweep. Uh, now again, I'm picking Gable, but I think it's more of a match than than I realized. Gable did also not get a takedown because of the table. Like it, they ruled it wasn't a takedown because he hit the table. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're yeah, right Ma- Mason would have had that one, or Gable would. No, Gable would have. Yeah. No, his Gable. feet were in Gable and everything, but they ruled because he hit the table. It was it was actually a really funny exchange. Um, so Minnesota challenge was like it doesn't matter. <laughs> he was like it was a takedown, and uh, poor Matt was like table's too close, and Eggham's like yeah I agree still a takedown, <laughs> and poor Matt's like no no can't hit the table. <laughs> Those two are great. Poor Matt's right. Can't hit the table. Come on now. Also. Terry Terry Brand saved the day in that match. Um, really? Yeah. Early. This was hilarious. Early in the first period, Gable's uh, ankle band had like kind of fallen off his ankle and was like wrapped around his shoe, so uh-huh. it was like on the bottom of his shoe. Oh. And I actually saw it, but what am I gonna say? Yeah. Like, hey, his 
ankle bands <laughs> messed up. And Terry <laughs> Terry was just standing behind the table, like kind of behind the Minnesota corner, just watching. And he's like, hey, his ankle's on his shoe. Like he just screamed it out. And everyone heard it. <laughs> the ref stopped the match, let him fix his anklet. And so everyone's just like laughing because Terry out of nowhere like yelled that. <laughs> and then, and uh, then Terry's like, Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> it was hilarious. Eggum and everyone was laughing. Terry's funny. Yeah. That's great. He was helping Gable out. Wow. What a nice guy. Yeah. Keeping him safe. Hey, it's 947. Ben, any other thoughts on Heavyweight? We got to get the heck out of here. Uh, man, heavyweight the Big Ten is good because you know Hil- Hilger. Um, he was in on some good shots against Mason Paris. I, I was really disappointed that he got ridden out in the third period. Yeah. Um, Cassiope Stevenson. I know it wasn't close, but I'll watch that match again. That was fun. Yeah. I had a good time watching it. Uh, Gable and- talked about that in his interview afterwards. Bader asked him if it was if it was just personal, and he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I think it will always be like that." <laughs> I wonder why. Why <laughs> is it personal? I think they just hit a lot, like yeah, all throughout out. high school, and I don't know. I just don't like each other. Is very it much. personal that this kid that you've beaten every single time you wrestled? <laughs> that would be personal. But uh, Gable, Gable and has then, that chip. The other thing is uh, the Cassiope. I don't know what you guys call the move, but where he, he kicked him and pinned him. The uh, I, I forgot about this amazing Paris. He was getting taken on the edge, and he does it to Gable, where he flips him over. But the most more impressive part was I thought he was still out of his back and he hip plays and gets out of it. I mean, Mason moves. He just I know he lost, right? I just am really impressed with how he moves. He does a lot of things the right way. Yeah, I, I think you're you're right on. It's kind of a weird it's a weird match to say you're so impressed with someone, but I, I really was. I was impressed with Mason. That's just maybe the ultimate compliment to Gable Stevenson and how excellent he is. Uh, okay, uh, nine forty eight. We gotta go. Uh, in the back, please play us out. We will be back tomorrow. We will see a lot of us tomorrow because we've got the um, oh, yeah. we've got the live bracket show, five central, six eastern. It's gonna be amazing. We're gonna yell about, about so many. We're seeds. gonna yell. There may be some props. There's a prop that's a, that's a tease. I'm not gonna get into it yet. It'll be. For, I don't even know about for this. Surprise. Yeah, we talked about it, but you probably forgot. Um, thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Ben Askren. Thanks to you. We got a lot of content coming. I hardly even know what. We got to meet about it, but it's coming. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.